0: Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights, as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese. Okay,
1: welcome to episode four of Swanglinese. It's good to be back in the studio. And this week, we wanted to start at the beginning And so we've got a specialist in with us and we're going to talk about the first step in setting up a business and that is the where should we do that, especially on the ground in the UAE. It can be quite a confusing scenario. Uh, So we have our good friend and expert in the field, Abhijit Shahani from Expert Advisory Services and he's going to fill us in uh, with some awesome details on where and what. So welcome to the studio. Great to have you here.
2: Uh, thank you, Barry and Oscar, for having me here. Um, it's 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 fun, or it's it's a privilege to be over here on your fourth podcast episode, and I I thank you for giving me this opportunity.
1: Absolute pleasure. As we said, I think that what you do is is where most are uh, in a business owners or potential business owners, it's the first thing that they start thinking about. So perhaps you can start just by introducing yourself and also telling us a bit about what your company actually does.
2: Definitely. Uh, expert advisory came about uh, about three years ago. This was when I was looking at the UAE as a good place to do business. Right. I have helped companies in the past set up in the UAE by heading one of the major free zones, but expert advisory filled in the niche that people lacked when they wanted solid advice, unbiased advice yeah. on the ground of where to set up. Yeah. You have, we are in a blue ocean over here, so you have competition from all sorts of individuals and companies that are vying for the same pie that is to help you set up. Right, But very few are there that really provide you what you want to hear. Most of them will give you a pitch that they want to sell a particular product. Yeah,
1: they give you what they want you to hear rather than what you might want to hear. Rather
2: than what you might want to hear, which might not be fun for you. Mm -hmm. It might be that you want to set up in the free zone, but a free zone is not the place where you can set up and you have to be on show with a local partner. You don't want to hear that, but that's the fact. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't follow the advice, that's something else. But that is my job. My role is to tell you black from white and to draw the distinction between what you can and cannot do. That's where Expert Advisory came in. Great, great. Um, Setting up in the UAE is not as easy as you would think because there are various options, various free zones, various jurisdictions that you need to consider while setting up.
1: I, I think that's a really important point to make because in the UK or in the US, you can still start a business from your bedroom because you don't have to have Uh, anything in place you just have to have a good idea a product or service know how to get it in front of those people and you could run it from your computer in your bedroom but the UAE is really very different from that isn't it
2: it is definitely Uh, in the UK or the US you could set it up for a hundred (laughs) dollars right over here it takes a bit more than that about fifteen thousand dollars to set up a business so you really need to put a lot of thought into where you're setting up Mm -hmm. Um, we will try to focus on Dubai because um, it is the center of of the of, of the world at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's where business is. There are various other Emirates, so the UAE is comprised of seven Emirates. Dubai and Abu Dhabi being the most vibrant and Dubai being the most cosmopolitan and business centric. Sure. So let's focus on Dubai itself and mm-hmm. then in the future we could talk about the various other Emirates as well.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. So in terms of Dubai as, as a focus point, um, where would you start?
2: Well, the focus would first lie with understanding what your business is. Mm-hmm. So if your business caters predominantly with the government or predominantly with people that are not based in other free zones, you need to go onshore. So coming back, let me just take one step back. There are three sorts of setup that any individual can, can can do in the UAE, which is called an onshore company, which is with the mainland where you have a local sponsor or a service agent. Okay. The second one is a free zone company where an expatriate can own 100% of his business but it comes with certain restrictions. Okay. And the third one is an offshore company where you don't have a trade license but you can do business outside the UAE. Okay. So these are the three setups. Dubai offers you 30 free zones to choose from. Okay. <laughs> and uh, a myriad of on- onshore options. So again, understanding what you want to do would be the first step. What does your business require? Is it retail? Is it, is it consumer-oriented? Is it more to do with export-import trading? This would define where you would set up. Okay. Uh, once we decide on whether it's an onshore, offshore, or a free zone setup, then it goes about to selecting the sort of setup within the free zone. So let's say we've decided our business is predominantly free zone-oriented. You want 100% ownership. 50-year tax holidays and all the benefits that come with the free zone, then the prospect goes with selecting the right free zone. That could be TCOM, it could be an internet free zone, it could be a biotech free zone. So again, it depends on what your business is which would guide you to setting up in that particular freezer. Okay,
1: And is it something that you help people with to actually establish what their business is? Because one thing I see with a lot of businesses is they've got a good idea and they believe that they're going to be selling to people. So they think, right, well, I need to have a license. They forget that they're actually bringing in the product from outside of the regions and they forget about yes. their general trading license. So they start their business on the wrong foot because they, they missed out a step. Do you, do you help them to really establish where they what they do?
2: Yes, we help them right from the day they... Let's say it's someone coming in from the UK. Mm-hmm. The day he steps out of the plane with an idea, that's when he should come and approach me to or approach expert advisory to understand how he can implement this idea in the UAE. Okay. You have an idea, it's easier to implement it in Europe or in the Western countries rather than the UAE because you have a lot of rules and regulations that you need to follow. So we would, would handhold him right from the day... He decides to set up a business on how, where, and when. Okay. So it is an actual process. We call ourselves a one-stop shop where we let you concentrate on the business and we take care of all your administrative work.
1: Okay, great.
2: Um, coming back to the free zone aspect, the free zones these days offer you low-cost options. So if you're an SME or an individual who wants to set up, zones in Dubai are offering you options where you can set up without an office. They call it a virtual setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a low, co- it's still expensive compared to Europe, but it's called a low cost option. So it costs you about 10, 15,000 dollars to set up for the year, which is your running cost. Mm-hmm. But then you can set up and work from basically uh, your laptop anywhere else.
0: And then there's no tax on that, so it's like an upfront fee in, with it, that is fixed instead of a percentage like exactly yeah.
2: and there is no tax. well you have a tax exemption from the date your license for the duration of the company's operation most of the free zones offer this exemption from 25 ranging up to 50 years which is renewable depending on the free zones itself so again it depends on which free zone most people make the mistake of coming in and choosing the cheapest free zone which ends up to be more expensive because you have hidden costs our role comes in to explain these hidden costs and differentiate between what you are paying for and what you actually get out of that service.
1: Perfect. And I think that's a major, major benefit because I know when I set my business up a number of years ago, and I think for every business owner or every potential business owner, the cost is always a big factor in this. And this market is a cost-based market. Whichever seems to be the lowest figure is the one that people <laughs> tend to go for. Yes. Um, but in the long term, that lower figure at the beginning can often become a much bigger figure because of these hidden costs. Definitely. Uh, And also that the fact that every now and then, just because it is a lower figure does not mean you're going to get the quality of service or, or the quality product that you think you're going to get. And you end up spending over and over again that lower fee Uh, which, like you just said, it ends up being more than what you would have paid for the more expensive option in your mind. Um, But having a clear direction on this is, when I did it, I didn't know. know. You just look at it and go, well, it looks like they all offer the same thing. And this one is the lower figure, so that's the one I would go for. But to have professional help on hand, would make that decision so much easier because
0: it's it's a confused, it's a minefield, basically. It is a minefield. There's so many different options, it's very, really yeah. difficult. And to find the information as well. Yeah. Very
2: find the information is very difficult as one, but actually you are paying for a product which is a license. Mm. Now, license across board would be the same, in, in your opinion, but that's not the case. Mm. Because a license is a piece of paper, but what goes with the license is what you're actually paying for. So there are the custom duties that you have to worry about. You've got your visa charges. Mm-hmm. You've got the commuting. So let's say you take a cheaper free zone. There is a commuting to go to get your visa, to go get your documents, which you don't take into consideration because that is time, effort, and money. Mm -hmm. Now in the long term, this could amount to a loss in revenue for your business just because you have selected the wrong free zone based on initial cost. And most of the times, that's where people make mistakes. SMEs come in to me quite often and they would go, We want the cheapest free zone. Cheap is very relative. Mm -hmm. Cheap in what sense? Are you talking about cheap in terms of just the actual baseline license cost? But if you add all the other ancillary costs, then the difference is considerable. So your cheap free zone has really become a more expensive free zone, and is on par with taking a license in one of the more established areas. So Mm -hmm. it is a very relative term when you go cheap.
1: Absolutely, and I think one of the things that we were talking about at the end of the last episode was um, when is the right time to start a business, and we we came to the conclusion that if you're thinking about starting a business, then the right time is now. Uh, And I think, and again, you can back up. When is the right time to come and talk to you about this?
2: Uh, There is no right time. When you've dis when when the idea pops into your mind, that is the right time. Right. So no one can tell you that right five years from now would be the right time? No, when you have an idea, when you think that you want to set up, come talk to me. It doesn't cost you anything. Right. The first consultation is always free. Mm-hmm. So come have a chat. It doesn't help. You you might make a business, you might realize that no, I need to still get some more experience yeah. in the field before I, I jump into becoming an entrepreneur. For sure. But that is yeah. where my role comes yeah. in to make you to help you decide whether it, whether you should take the plunge or not. But there is no right time. When you decide is the right time, yeah, you are right.
0: Exactly. So it seems also like if you compare to Europe that after you have your business idea, you need to be super clear on your target market and your category because that will define your free zone or local partner, is that correct?
2: Yes, well that goes with any any place even mm-hmm. in europe once you start a business you need to know what your target audience is because otherwise how do you capture that that market mm-hmm. so yes it is in fact very 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 true that you should know what your or you should have a brief idea of what your target market is because that would then define your free zone plus it would define how you would your strategy on getting business.
1: Oh, definitely. And that's where it ties in because the, yes. I talk about digital all the time. Yes. You need to know who your customer is, who you're talking to. Yeah. Um, and the thing is here, you could maybe figure that out as you go along in the Europe or the States whilst exactly. you're running it from your bedroom. But here you, you kind of have to Think, do the establish... Do before. You know? Exactly. You have to establish your business before you can legally start selling your product or service. So it's a kind of a different way round of thinking about it, but in many cases, it it forces you to do the strategic thinking first. Yes. Think about your target market. Where are they? Who are they? Then at least when they're having a conversation with you, Abigit, they can say, well, this is what I'm selling. This is who I think I'm selling it to. And then you can help them to really establish, okay, yeah, that's true. Or you might tell them, you know what? That's not quite true uh, in terms of the kind of license that you're gonna have to have will prohibit you from doing A, B, or C, exactly. Or it will allow you to do X, Y, and Z, and and you can help them do that. And like you say, I think that direction is is just so valuable. Now, we've talked about setting up a business, uh, which is all very well and good, but can you also help out businesses that are already running?
2: Yes, we can, because uh, when you're a small to medium enterprise, you don't have resources at hand like a multinational would have. So we come in to help you with all your back office administrative work, stuff like mundane stuff like visas, Mm -hmm. or getting a family marriage certificates attested, or running to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Chamber of Commerce, all the administrative work that takes away your attention from actually concentrating on your business. We do your bookkeeping for you, your accounts, and finally your annual audit, because most of the free zones now require annual audit. Though they say Dubai is a tax-free zone, you still need to, need to file your annual audits and these audits need to be reported back to the free zone. So we help you with all your back office operations, payroll services, manpower, and that leaves you to concentrate or focus on your business to attain your revenue
0: targets.
1: Brilliant. Now I know that we've just touched upon Yes, really high level from that perspective Oscar you wanted to say something.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that I mean You've seen a lot of businesses in uh, in Dubai uh, And setting up your business Unfortunately, the statistics are pretty bad a lot of new businesses fail So I just wanted to ask out of the businesses that you've seen that started in Dubai What's the difference between the ones that succeeded and the ones that failed?
2: finance Managing your finance. I think that is That is cash flow flow is so So crucial, uh, in the startup. Been there, done that. (laughs) That uh, people just overlook it. Clients come, clients go, but managing your funds, getting the revenue in, and getting paid on time. Yeah. Mm. This is by far the most challenging um, aspect of any small business. Heck, I find it challenging as well to yeah. get payment done once service is delivered. Mm-hmm. So yes, it is difficult, yeah. mm-hmm. but finance, finance and finance.
1: Definitely, and do you help companies with that then in terms of this is, in my opinion, again, correct me if I'm wrong, that's a back, back office kind of function. I'm really bad at it as well. So I have people to do that for me. Is that something that, a service that you guys do as well?
2: Finance is a very specialized um, sector. It is something we can assist in, okay. but I would always say to have someone in-house because you understand your finances better. I can help understand your books. At the end of the year, I can help you with your audits, but how to manage your finance is something that that you would need an in-house um, mm-hmm. person, or you should be able to, you would have to concentrate on that specific focus.
1: Yeah, I think where so, you guys can help though is that, that, that beginning, because this is about finance. It's yes. about understanding the actual cost, because yes. you go and listen to all of the advertising, it's gonna cost you 30,000 dirhams okay, well, I have 30,000 dirhams plus I've got some operating capital, but you guys can actually say, well, it is 30,000 dirhams kind of plus plus, and these are where the pluses are, because this comes down to managing your finances, understanding Mm -hmm. the actual cost.
2: As opposed to what you think or what has been shown to you. This happens a lot with my retail clients, where they have an actual budget, but the operating cost to set up is much higher than what is the actual budgeted cost, and they don't realise that, until they have not really gone in, paid money for the license and taken a lease.
1: And then it's almost and too late. Then and it's too late. Yeah. And then
2: the business has shut down even before it has started. Wow.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, I guess that happens quite a lot. Yes, we see yeah. it happening on, on the ground here. Um, but as I said, that's a great introduction to thinking about starting your business. Um, we're gonna have to wrap it up today, but as we do with all of our guests and we will do, if you had top three, must do's as it were for any company that's thinking about starting up or is already in business what would be your three top tips coming from your experience
2: get help right at the start okay understand your business and i go again finance yeah okay fair <laughs> enough yeah come the home. most important bit is understanding your business and don't penny wise pound foolish so do mm-hmm. not think about the saving pennies when the difference is not a lot. So I would say setting up in the right place is the most important bit to help you in the long run.
1: Brilliant. Well, Abhijit, thank you very much for your time. Um, if you guys as listeners have any questions that you want to ask, then feel free to drop us a line uh, through our website or um, on, on the podcasts. We will, if we get enough questions, we'll have Abhijit back in because, um, like I said, we've just skirted the uh, the topsoil, as it were, of this <laughs> subject. So please do get in touch and we'll be back in a week or two. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks, Abhijit.
2: Thank you, Barry. Thank you,
1: Austin.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Swanglinese. with your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.